Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow, together with other mothers, when autumn comes. Welcome back, guys, to When Autumn Comes. This is going to be a very different episode again, just like last week. If you're new here, thank you for being here. And let me quickly tell you that this is Susan, and I'm one of the co-hostesses, co-hostesses of the When Autumn Comes podcast, and my other partner in crime, her name is Diane. Super not normal for us, but you know, that's life. That's life of a medical mom. That's life of all of us. But my daughter, Lorelai, she passed away on July 7th. And so we're kind of taking a little bit of a pause on the podcast. But I recently wrote, you know, some little thing like her eulogy. And I'm pretty proud of this piece. And I also need to practice it for tomorrow's funeral slash celebration of life because Laurel, I put the fun in funeral and we are not going to cry and no one is going to wear black. I wanted to go ahead and read it here because I, I'm pretty proud of it and I think, I think you guys will like it too. So if it's okay with you, let me pull up my Word document. I am going to read Lorelai's eulogy that will be shared on Tuesday July 20th, but you guys are going to get it on Wednesday morning when our normal When Autumn Comes episodes drops. So without further ado, I give you lessons from Lorelai. Once upon a time, ha, no, for real though, I want to tell you a story of a little girl, a little girl who had the odds stacked against her, who was nonverbal, who couldn't walk or crawl who was the 31st documented case of FBXL4 mitochondrial disease in the world. A little girl who changed that world. Lorelai, oh sweet and fickle, beautiful and pure Lorelai. I would be lying if I said that throughout this almost five and a half year journey, I didn't struggle with the thought that my kid didn't have friends. We were rarely anywhere but home, hospitals, and doctor's offices. But here we are, in a ballroom with a waterfront view, and a whole bunch of people watching online. The night after Lorelai's passing, I found myself saying, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This isn't my plan. I cannot do this. As I repeated these thoughts over and over, I froze, realizing that I have said these words before many, many times, but especially early on in our journey as a rare disease family. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't my plan, but I did it. We all did it, and we did it well. 
At one point in this adventure, I found myself Googling the nearest children's hospital in Orlando, Florida, and rushing Lorelai to it. A bewildered resident in the ED dropped the ultimate F-bomb. Lorelai had the flu. The ICU attending at the time came down to the ED and sat across from me, everyone knowing how grim the situation could be for an almost two-year-old with mitochondrial disease. He said, so tell me about Lorelai. I immediately jumped into her medical history, how we needed the VAT team, the labs that needed to be run, how we, he stopped me. He said, no, tell me about Lorelai. I paused in a moment of confusion. He said, what does she like? Who is Lorelai? So today, y'all, today I'm going to tell you about Lorelai, who she was and who she will always be. I'm going to share things that I learned from her beyond the fact that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of our cells. Here are 15 lessons from Lorelai. Lesson number one, do not take your calendar too seriously. The child arrived two months early. She caused us to cancel and rearrange countless vacations and camping trips. She never hit milestones on time. She loved her CHKD family so much that she spent 75% of her admissions and ED visits there on holidays. As someone who thrived and functioned with plans and a calendar written in ink prior to Lorelei, I may have fought it and hated it every step of the way, but at some point I realized that sometimes plans just don't happen. Events can be skipped, vacations can be redone, holidays can be celebrated on other days. Lesson number two, be outside as much as possible. Appreciate the breeze in your face, feel it, laugh at the hair blowing in your eyelashes. Be present with the temperature of the air and the energy the sun gives you. Feel the grass and take in its prickly texture. Tweeting birds are adorable and hilarious. Camping is the best escape. And if you cannot be outside, find a view. Lorelai struggled to regulate her body temperature, so when it was too hot, too humid, or simply raining outside, you would often find her sitting in her chair like a little old lady looking out the window. The last month of her life, Make-A-Wish and Ferguson Building Corporation made Lorelai's wish come true. She wished to be outside, but inside. They built her an amazing she shed called Fort Lorelai that has windows all the way around it. While she was only able to use this space for a few weeks, It was a magical way for her to enjoy her last bit of summer. Lesson number three, dance every day. Even if you are a terrible dancer, even if your body won't physically allow you to dance, wiggle your toes, kick your feet, bobble your head, blast some music, and dance. It's good for your soul. Lesson number four, communication comes in all forms. People often ask me, how do you know what your children need or want? To be quite frank, I have no clue. I just know. I knew Lorelai better than any human on this planet. I knew her needs and when she was going to puke. I knew what emotions she was feeling. I just knew it. But Lorelai communicated with everyone else in a different way. You just had to pause for a minute to catch it. Lorelai had what we lovingly called the resting mito face. And just like RBF, it spoke volumes. She would clap her hands for yes or no. She would look in the direction of something she wanted. In the last couple of years of her life, we were paired up with a speech therapist who pushed my kid. She loved her, but she pushed her. And Lorelai was able to communicate with a computer we called her Toby Talker. When she was feeling like talking, because let's be real, sometimes we just don't want to talk, Lorelai would use her eyes to push buttons on the screen. Every time she was able to answer a yes or no question, my heart exploded. The first time we got into an argument with each other, my heart exploded. 
When speech therapy would start and Lorelai would immediately say, I want all done, Miss Cat would be firm, but I know her heart was exploding too. When we were in the PICU after a long, long day and Chaplain Anne walked in to visit us and Lorelai said, I want all done, goodbye, all done, goodbye, all done, goodbye, we all laughed and collectively all of our hearts exploded. When she was able to say, I love you for the first time with the help of her Toby, my heart absolutely exploded with confetti and glitter all over my kitchen floor. Far from traditional communication, but if we learned anything from Lorelai, it's that we need to meet people where they are, take a minute, and let them get their messages out, however they need to do it, whenever they need to do it, because beautiful things can happen. Lesson number five, a hammock is never, ever a bad idea. Lesson number six, you do not have to say or do a lot or even leave your house to make an impact. I kind of want to channel my Lorelai sass right now and say, Lorelai was five and nonverbal. What's your excuse? There are so many dark things in our world and in the society and in the environment right now, but we can still do good. So much good. Lorelai had a way about her, a way that sucked people in and pushed them to be better humans. With Lorelai, because of Lorelai, we raised awareness and money for mitochondrial disease that led to trial medications, one of which her brother Benji was able to use the first day of his life. We had book drives for the NICU. We volunteered at the Ronald McDonald House feeding families breakfast who were going through their worst days ever. We floated for a mito cure. Our family taught new doctors what life is like as a medical family. I volunteered with brand spanking new medical moms in the NICU. Because of Lorelai and this life, I started a podcast to help mamas and the people who love them navigate a hard life that they did not expect to be living. I believe it was Mr. Feeney in the finale of the classic 90s show Boy Meets World who said, do good. Topanga said, don't you mean do well? And Feeney said, no, do good. When Michael and I were handed a beautiful little redheaded tiny, tiny baby with a grim and dark prognosis, we made a commitment that our family would do good. And Lorelai did. Lesson number seven, do not take life too seriously. None of us make it out alive. If I'm being quite real, Lorelai probably had more bad days than anyone wants to admit. Science said she had two to five year life expectancy. She dealt with more medical treatments and procedures than most of us in this room will ever face. But that never stopped her from laughing at fart noises, squawking with joy when she was surrounded by love, and clapping her hands because she was happy and she knew it. Sometimes things are not fair and they suck. A lot. But when so much was wrong... Lorelai always chose joy and laughter. Lesson number eight, water is life. Puke all over yourself so mama will have to be forced to give you multiple baths a day if that's what it takes to get back in the bathtub. But for real though, water is good for the soul. Splash in it, play in it, float in it. Lesson number nine, embrace what you are handed. Crazy hair or a Delestro do, rock it. Life-threatening disease, prove them wrong and live it up. Poor muscle tone preventing you from walking. Rolling across the room will also get you all up under that Christmas tree. Just because you can't do something doesn't mean there isn't another way. Lesson number 10, make a list. On the day Lorelai was born, God knew when he would be calling her home, but I didn't. So I tried to make the most of the time I was going to have with my daughter by creating a bucket list, an amazing, marvelous bucket list that led us to so many great things. Things like catching a baseball at a Tides game, meeting the JMU Duke dog, 
going to Disney World, almost dying, and then redoing Disney World so she could stand with Mickey Mouse and show Anna and Elsa that Lorelai was a real princess just like them. Riding boats with Grandma and Papa B, taking a ballet class with Miss Meredith, getting a golden doodle companion pup, having her dada walk her down the aisle as a flower girl for her auntie and uncle mister's wedding, a pony party in her backyard so she could ride a pony, becoming a Girl Scout, selling almost 800 boxes of cookies, giving the cookies to her CHKD family, and then going to Girl Scout camp. I know I'm missing a bunch of things, but the point is, none of us know how all of this is going to play out. I know we all have bills to pay and jobs to do, but are you making the most of your time here? I think we all owe it to Lorelai to check something off of our own bucket list this summer. Lesson number 11, compliment people and let them know they are loved. You don't even have to do it with words. Remember, communication comes in all forms. But if you love something about someone, let them know. If you're digging someone's beard and hat, I'm looking at you, Uncle Mister and Santa Claus. Make sure they know it. Smile when you see your loved ones. Mmm, when something hits your heart just right. Cuddle, FaceTime, connect with your friends and family every chance you get. Lesson number 12. You don't have to eat everything that's put in front of you, but you should always, always lick the guacamole in the ranch dressing. Lesson number 13. When things get hard, look up. Scratch that. Always look up. And I'm not saying that because she spent a lot of time laying on her back looking at the ceiling of my living room. I'm saying this because there is a higher plan. We all felt it, and we all knew it from day one of Lorelai's life. Lorelai trusted. She trusted God in the universe, strangers in the hospital, and Mama and Dada when things were bad. She never, ever stopped trusting. Lesson number 14. It's okay to be rare and different. Let me say that again for the people in the back. It is so okay to be rare and different. I'm sure her doctors may disagree to a point because Lorelai followed zero medical rules, making us feel like we were throwing things at the wall until we found something that stuck. But rare is good. Rare is unique. Rare is beautiful. Rare makes this life and our community diverse, amazing, and so far from boring. Lesson number 15, read before bed. I'm still trying with this one because let's be real. By the time I'm ready to go to bed, my brain is tired and all I want to do is curl up and sleep. But Lorelai was a big fan of cuddles and bedtime stories. We would snuggle up together every night and she would pick the book, which let me tell you, she always picked the book in my left hand. So when I was super tired, you better believe I put the five worded, that's not my princess on the left hand side. But most nights though, our favorite to read together was On the Night You Were Born. For years, Michael and I read it to her. And almost every time I read it, I thought one day I will share this at your funeral. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to wrap up by reading our favorite bedtime story. On the Night You Were Born by Nancy Tillman. On the night you were born, the moon smiled with such wonder that the stars peeked in to see you and the night wind whispered, life will never be the same because there had never been anyone like you ever in the world. So enchanted with you were the wind and the rain that they whispered the sound of your wonderful name. It sailed through the farmland high in the breeze, over the ocean, and through the trees until everyone heard it and everyone knew of the one and only ever you. Not once had there been such eyes, such a nose, such silly, wiggly, wonderful toes. When the polar bears heard, they danced until dawn. From faraway places, the geese flew home. 
the moon stayed up until morning next day. And none of the ladybugs flew away. So whenever you doubt just how special you are and you wonder who loves you, how much and how far, listen for the geese honking high in the sky. They're singing a song to remember you by. Or notice the bears asleep at the zoo. It's because they've been up dancing all night for you. Or drift off to sleep to the sound of the wind. Listen closely. It's whispering your name again. If the moon stays up until morning one day, or a ladybug lands and decides to stay, or if a little bird sits at your window a while, it's because they're all hoping to see you smile. For never before in story or rhyme, not even once upon a time, has the world ever known a you, my friend, and it never will, not ever again. Heaven blew every trumpet and played every horn on the wonderful, marvelous night you were born. I want to end today with a quote that my co-hostess Diane on this podcast references all the time. Together at the same time without blending the two. It's okay to feel sad in the moment while you're rejoicing at the same time. It's okay to feel an ache and an emptiness in your core, but also feel like you can breathe and that your heart is full of love. Acknowledge your worries, but feel hope always. Lorelai's life and death were tragically beautiful, and I'm so incredibly grateful that God chose me to be part of her story. We know you have so many choices on how to spend your time. Thank you so much for choosing to spend it with us. We would be honored to hear your unique, complicated, and hope-filled stories. We would love for you to connect with us and share your story on our website, www.whenautumncomes.com, and you can find us on social media at When Autumn Comes Podcast. Also, check us out at 4AM Mom Club, where we will be sharing our middle-of-the-night shenanigans, Etsy finds, Netflix faves, and other things to get us through. We would love for you to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll continue to hear unique stories, feel a whole lot of comfort and connection, and hopefully share in a few laughs. We are new to the podcasting world, so this show is produced by yours truly. With hope and a whole lot of excitement, Diane and Susan. See you next time. Thank you.